1: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Brennan Tolman and Nick Krohn, founders of Tolman Media and created a licensing system that allowed their wedding company to expand the entire US in just six months. Thank you for joining me today. So tell me a little bit about your journeys, how did they intersect and how did you get to kind of this point?
2: Yeah, so I'll I'll go ahead and start Brennan here. Um, So I actually, you know, Started as a wedding photographer videographer like man seven years ago back when like digital was a thing You know, I was in high school when they switched from tape to digital That was a big deal and that was kind of like the rise of the wedding industry and so for me um, I you know, I kind of started shooting myself and then um, when I was in college I actually saw an ad online for this dude named Nick who was wanting to um, teach teach how to do digital marketing. He was like, I have a secret recipe that will allow you to crack, you know, get customers, unlimited amount of customers with my secret formula. And I was like, whoa, a genius, you know? Of course, it was just an awesomely written hook. But I um, gave him a call and, you know, he said, hey, that'll be 2,500 bucks and I'll teach you the the secret. And I didn't have 2,500 bucks. And so I went to my job. And I went to my boss and I was like, hey, uh, there's this guy and if you can write him a check for me, then I, you know, it'll really help me be able to benefit you. I'll be able to run better ads on Facebook and Instagram. And luckily they did to their credit, their unlimited credit they did. And so I, I met Nick, my wife totally thought this was some weird Ponzi scheme thing. But um, I met him, he taught me how to do ads. And I said, well, maybe I could use it to get myself some more bookings, right? And at the time, I was just a client of Nick's. And so I started running some ads for myself and actually getting a ton of wedding bookings because not a lot of people were doing that. And so then I said, well, I'm too busy. So I started hiring other people to actually go out and you know film and video for me, right? And um, I ended up kind of building multiple teams. So I would have like, you know, a videographer, a photographer that would work under me and they would go shoot a wedding together. And I would, you know, I trained them and then I would let them go shoot. And so then I hired like a second team and a third team. And it got to the point where I hired 50 people and then I needed to create like a standardized training. So then I created a standardized training to run them all through. And then we were like, man, it's so hard to book them. You got to text 50 people. So then um, I was kind of figuring out how do I make the booking process easier? We were also struggling with the margins cuz we had so many people to pay and Nick comes back 3 years later and he's like hey dude i've been watching you on facebook i've seen your company grow um i think you have some amazing potential you have cracked the code on how to actually spend x amount of dollars and then acquire a wedding job right and he's like i think i could help you expand and i said dude please we need an actual adult to like help us you know grow the company And so Nick came on and helped us develop some scheduling softwares where the different contractors can bid on the jobs. And then, um, just a few months later he said, dude, I think we could try this licensing thing. He had the idea. It was his brainchild. And he said, you've got the the business that's built and I've got this idea. And so we kind of, uh, hit the ground running together and, um, started selling licenses to other people. So, Hey, you want to open Colorado? Cool. You know, you pay us a down payment and then we do in-house financing and, um, for the rest of the area, so it's very low risk for them, it's not a bunch of money, and we'll allow you to use our software, our systems, our training to go open your own Tolman Media area. So that's really a brief summary of how we got to here, and then in six months after selling the first area, we totally sold out of the US territories, and now we're actually selling international. I'm, I'm just gonna shut up and let him talk, because he, he
0: tells the story a little bit, it's like when you have a spouse, right? They tell the story differently, how you first met. But I
1: like that, man. I. Just listening, is kind of funny, but you know, it's kind
0: of it was a fun journey, man.
1: So, were, were there any obviously pain? It's kind of like scaling pain points, and then you developing a system and a process, and obviously, kind of the licensing model that puts you in these markets. Now, with that scaling, the licensing was the solution. Now, were there any pain points within that process as well? So
2: many, so much pain. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so crazy. much pain um, with licensing specifically. So, so um, I always say, I've always said the first sale of anything is the hardest. Always. It's so hard. When you start a new entrepreneurial adventure, the making money the first time is so hard. It takes months. And then like something magical happens when you finally endure and collect that first check, like these floodgates open because now, you know, the successful process to collect the first check. So I think that it was really hard because when Nick said, "Dude, we got to do this," I was like, "Who's gonna want to buy this? Nobody's gonna want to. It's my last name. Who wants to buy a co- company called Tolman immediately?" But, like but we had we had to do it though, right?
0: Because like oh, so yeah. for me, there was a couple pain points. Right the the foundation of the business was sound. The operations were not very sound, no. and luckily, Brennan Brennan did the grind for like three four years before I got back involved. And without that, like give credit where credit's due, right? Without that, we couldn't go and license, right? But I got involved and, you know, the company's doing $50,000, $70,000 a month, sometimes six figures, and there was never any money at the end of the day. And I was just I was so frustrated. And after six months, I was just like, Brennan, we got a hard pivot or I'm going to peace out, man. It's like, why would we make money? And there's no money left at the end of the day. We're not building any value. And, and that's kind of when we started the, the licensing and you know, we slashed everyone's salaries, everyone's performance-based. And now guess what? Everyone's making way more money on performance than when we were just sucking it dry.
2: You know what I mean? And yeah, so and that, yeah, we that, hard that, pivoted. That was one of our struggles is hourly employees of, of just, like we would pay people and we were generous because we wanted to like, we were like, oh, we'll motivate them. We'll pay them 30 bucks an hour, you know? And so then they would, they were motivated when it's hourly to just have your butt in a chair for the most maximum amount of time, you'll get paid more. And Nick kept saying, and of course, everybody was comfortable. Everybody loved it. Everybody was like, I love it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna never, I'm gonna read the news and get paid 30 bucks an hour. And, and I'm not like, like, you know, there wasn't as much crackdown from me because I like to trust people and I like to be, give them the benefit of the doubt. And Nick was like, dude, you know, you're literally just allowing them to suck the company dry. And so switching to performance-based, the entire business, everyone, this person only gets paid if this package is booked and it's always this X amount always, right? If this package doesn't get booked, nobody gets paid. And that's a really safe way for the business owners. And I, I lost friends, employees. When we made that switch, I had friends that were like working for me that were like, I hate you now. Like you just took this away from me. And I was like, no, you'll make more money if you work harder. And they didn't want to. And I lost friends. It was hard. Like like we lost probably half the team when we made that switch.
0: What we get what we gained was we gained control of our margins again, right? Totally. I love the performance based stuff all your sales people, your fulfillment people, your all your photographers, your contractors like everyone in the business, even the president of the company. We eventually brought in a, a president to kind of just oversee all operations, even he is performance based, and it's just. So, yeah. Anyway, it's been a good journey and lots of pain along the way. And it, honestly, we just figured it out. And, and then, you know, I feel like you're treading water, and then you just skyrocket straight up. You know what I
1: mean? And that's kind of what happened to Tolman. That's awesome. So, what currently motivates you guys to succeed? Dude, this is this has been uh, a real roller
2: coaster of year for everyone. For me, it was travel. I love traveling. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I I love like last year we were gone half the year, Europe and Taiwan, and we just gone all the time. And, um, so I would just work really hard to do that. And, um, when, when the coronavirus hit and, um, when travel became not possible for the rest of 2020, I actually fell into this major depressive slump and I, Nick was like, dude, come on. I was like, and Nick kind of actually helped me to his credit, turn that around and, and we've, we've started like five businesses since the coronavirus began, thanks to Nick kind of pushing me a little bit. But at this point, my motivation has changed to lifestyle, right? Nick has helped me kind of focus on that. Like what, what do you actually want out of your life? What do you want to do with your life? And so I think Nick and I have kind of started this YouTube channel and um, started doing podcasts and teaching and mentoring other people. And that's kind of given me a sense of purpose again to see other people change their business in the way that I was. But what about you, Nick? What? yeah yeah i mean mean, all of that is super fulfilling
0: for me i still you know i being the marketing and the sales guy right i'm still highly motivated to like there's something motivating for me to have a successful conversation with someone and whenever i talk about licensing I, i always point out that i'm not pitching a licensing opportunity i'm not selling them right people don't like to be sold to but i'm doing them a favor right and, and I honestly feel like that. And, and for me, that's super satisfying to, to go to them and be like, Hey, you know, here, here's the business. You can carbon copy it and you can just go and money starts popping out. Right. And I, I mean, a bad example of this is probably, um, our North Carolina partner. We, when we sold North Carolina, you know, the guy spent like 250 bucks his first week and he closed like $8,000 in sales. And that's not normal. Normally a business owner is supposed to grind and they're supposed to, you know, spend five, 10,000 bucks, throw it out the window or burn it. And hopefully you learn something, right? And so the fact that he came in to a proven business with proven ads, with proven sales copy, with proven, you know, employees and is everything scripted, right? Copy and paste and he got results. And fortunately, you know, I'd say all of our partners are, are making money. Um, I don't know of a single partner that's not making money. They all have you know different variants is based on you know some are spending very timid amounts and some are aggressive you know what i mean but all in all it feels really good to you know when i when i plug someone into a system right i have a phone call with a guy in south africa tomorrow and he wants to buy johannesburg and south africa as a as a country has 140,000 weddings and it's like regardless of where this is at we can plug and play and i'm super excited to share it with them you know what i mean so and that's like the power of licensing you know what i mean
2: yeah, and, and and to add to that too, like it is really fun to see like like I went to lunch the other day with one of the owners of I think it was South Carolina, which is where I am right now. And he was like, he was like telling me, he's like, dude, like, oh yeah, in Tolman, I just love Tolman. Like we're making so much money in Tolman and our brides are so and, and let me show you the software that I developed for Tolman. And I'm like, that's my last name. And they're just throwing it around. Like it's like this, like to them, it's their business, it's their livelihood and it's been really cool for me to see what they have done with what i built because i promise you one year ago today when we were like screwed and not profitable and living off of loans i would have never imagined that nicks about to sell south africa and there would ever be a tolman media south africa so it is incredibly like motivating to see that through the power of licensing like like it changed the business but it also has like helped other people these entrepreneurs are making a ton of money with what i built which quite honestly, I thought was a failure because I was struggling to make money from it. Thanks to all the employees. And, And so it's just so cool to see people's lives change. You know, there's a couple owners who we brought on for trade work initially. So they were, you know, building ads for us and, This is the most money they've ever made in their lives. So we gave them a free area in exchange for their ad work and they're like Oh my gosh, I want every area I can possibly get because they're making so much money with it And I think that's just something I would have never dreamed of it's incredibly motivating to see people succeed With what you know, I've spent so long building and a year ago I thought we were a couple months from broke. So it's been really motivating
1: yeah, I think it's important to pivot or add something in terms of, I think a lot of businesses or companies quit too early or don't make a pivot in terms of their business to kind of redefine themselves or you know innovate. There may be something down the line which obviously expands or kind of scales your business even more. So I think that's important than having a proven system that gets other people money and uh, you know increases their livelihood. And you're basically adding to their kind of bottom line. So in that sense, it's a, you know, a connection, whether it's that, and it's like your own baby. It's not like you're working for somebody else that they're profiting or getting the the value. If you came up with the system for a corporation or something of that nature, you kind of own it. It's your, your baby, you take pride in it and you're, you know, benefiting other people's with it. I love that, man.
2: Totally. And, yeah. I mean, you're right. Like there are so many small businesses out there that I honestly think would be like, if they pivoted and did licensing, it would hurt because it does hurt to make that shift, but it would actually benefit so many more people in the long run because they've like one thing that entrepreneurs are good at is solving problems. And, and if you have a small business, and you've been in business a couple of years, you obviously have solved somebody's pain point, right? You, you've created value for somebody And you've, you know, every day when your manager comes in late, how do you deal with that? When a customer needs a refund on this, how do you deal with that? That's system building. You build a system. You, you, you know, if you've been going through that for years, you've done that so that other people don't have to. And the power of licensing is all you're really doing is just packaging every, every micro decision you've ever made. Every, every, you know, you've like every mistake you've ever made. You're just teaching other people how to not make those and how to instantly be successful. The six things they need to do to be successful instead of the 10,000 things you did wrong. So that's what's cool. I think there's so many businesses around the nation that if they tried out licensing, they would benefit everyone. Customers with their brand across the nation, entrepreneurs, the people that work for those entrepreneurs, everybody would win if, if these small businesses would just take the jump, you know?
1: That's awesome. So what's kind of a piece of advice you can leave with the audience that's um, in terms of someone looking to get into a licensing kind of play or turn their business into it or obviously anything from a personal or professional perspective that you know you picked up along the way or you feel like sharing that you think will add value?
0: Yeah, so for me, there's there's a couple of things here, right? So I think most businesses can, take advantage of a licensing type of a situation. And the, the thing that they need to focus on, you know, and they may have been in business for a long time or a short time, but they need to nail their business, right? So they need to take, take advantage of two things. First one being is how do you help other people become an owner and not an operator, okay? So this, for me, this is this is critical. When, I, when I'm selling a licensing opportunity, I need to be able to convey to people this is how you break the time frame freedom from dollars per hour, right? People are used to this idea of $10 an hour, $100 an hour, right? If I can show them how to preserve 90 to 95% of their time and have an unlimited ceiling in income, they can say, oh, I want to make 5,000 bucks an hour. That's not unrealistic, right? Um, and so how to be an owner, not an operator. And typically that involves, you know, hiring a salesperson, hiring managers, documenting the whole thing. Right. Um, and then the second piece is like, you have to be able to purchase customers. Right. And what I mean by that is I like to call the Facebook ads ATM. It could be Google, it could be whatever. Right. The Facebook ads ATM where with total media, it's like, okay, I can drop 70 bucks and make an $1,800 sale. That's my cost per acquisition and my average order. Right, so I need to be able to convey to them: Do you understand the concept of you're not an owner, you're not you're not you're an owner, not an operator, and you can create as many customers as you want by simple math? When they get that, any opportunity is is really good. And so, when you think about your business right now, you think how
2: can I fulfill those two
0: needs? And if you can do that, you can license your business.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of like kind of echo and piggyback what he said is is the number one advice that I would give you if you want to take the first steps to you know becoming a licensing company is um, you know pick some KPIs right key performance indicators like cost per acquisition um, and then start tracking them very very carefully right if you're not running and you know digital ads for your business I think you're crazy if you have a billboard turn it off and turn on, you know, Facebook ads cuz you can't really track a billboard. I mean, you just can't. It's too hard. You can't really track clicks and demographic and you turn on Facebook ads. You can spend 10 bucks on a fake product and you can learn exactly who clicked on that fake product, exactly who's interested for 10 bucks. You don't have to mortgage your home anymore. We're not in that world of take a massive risk, build the store and then hope that people come. At this point with with digital marketing, you just turn it on, you know take some pictures of your product and see what happens and you can get so much valuable data for 10 bucks. So I would say run Facebook ads and use that to track your, you know, KPIs. Figure out how much it costs you to acquire a client. You know, and in Total Media the only reason it worked is I know that in, you know, in my areas 60 bucks will get me a $1500 sale every time. So if I spend 600 bucks a week, I should be able to get, you know, 10 sales and that's huge. It's 15 grand, right? So so I, I, I would say that. And and uh, yeah, I mean, just, just start running some ads and start actually tracking those KPIs.
1: Yeah, I think it uh, adds a level of certainty. And obviously, I've been in a digital space for, I guess, 12 years now. I got into it out of necessity in the 2008 recession. And right now, especially some user behaviors have changed because people all over the world are kind of forced to be at home so there's more internet use so figuring out maybe something else working obviously the increase of use of tiktok and i think the pandemic actually has led to the demographic getting really old really fast and uh you know ads are super cheap so learning platforms and emerging technologies and then taking advantage of that because obviously if you get in on that kind of ground floor everything is super cheap and then when things, you know, become more in demand and they have kind of the leverage, then you start paying a lot. Totally. So I think it's it becoming an early practitioner and digital in general and in investing in digital and in the space in terms of getting leads and clients, because I mean, it's a global play. You can get clients if you're a business that serves clients worldwide. Like you said, with a billboard, you're not going to reach people and like you're speaking to in South Africa well if you get a billboard in South Africa but sure. <laughs> that i mean that's not that much leverage or value add like you said as well totally absolutely well and and
2: i just think like like i well i'll, I'll give you a two minute story is i you know back in the days of college i was i was uh, you know i was in the advertising program i was like going to go out advertising and part of it was because what nick had taught me You know, right after he taught me this, I was like, all right, I'm gonna do advertising. This is so cool. And I get in there and all my professors are like 65 and they all have PhDs. They they probably got their PhD before the internet was a thing. And you gotta think about that for a second. And So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna learn so much about how to enhance what Nick taught me, these Facebook ads, how do I actually enhance that? And it was like, all right, class, we're gonna learn how to make flyers. How do you make the best flyer? And I was like, what? Like when was the last time I purchased Anything from a flyer that somebody now, left on my car. Now we know why you dropped out. Well, yeah, and so and so what happened is, like this professor hated me. He kept telling me, "Is like you're not going to be good at advertising. You suck. You don't have like the mind for it." I was like, "Okay, dude, whatever." And then I, um, for my job, the one that paid for me to meet Nick, I gave a presentation to all of the deans of the colleges on the importance of Facebook ads. And um, his boss comes up to me and says, "I need you to teach." him and the entire advertising professors how to use Facebook ads. And I was like, you have got to be joking me. So she she schedules me an appointment and I walk in the door. I'm still in the dude's class. I walk in the door and he's like, and he's like what are you doing here? like And I'm like, uh, actually, I'm here. Your boss hired me to teach you how to use, how to advertise to my advertising professor. And he got like pissed and he was like, I don't have to get out of here. And I'm like, okay. And so I get out of there. He gets in trouble with his boss. And the next day I'm like, I'm I'm done. I drop out of the program because I'm like, these, like the world is not flyers anymore. Like there is a whole new space of this digital world that you're not going to learn in most colleges. Um, You you learn it from YouTube and the school of hard knocks. And, and, you know, in my case from a dude in a cafe with a man bun, you know? And so for (laughs) me, I'm like, like, it it was just, that story for me is like, it, it helps me understand that like, the world has changed so much in the last 10 years that if you like you're right everything you said is correct man like you have to keep up you have like TikTok is something in the last like few months even you have to stay on top of the game because billboards flyers they're completely irrelevant still being taught in college and will be for the next 30 years and if you're not getting out there and if you're not actually like taking the initiative and just testing out as much as you can Put five hundred dollars aside and just go, you know, spend a hundred dollars on each platform, Pinterest, TikTok, you know, everything you can find and just learn as much how to use that. It will be so valuable to you in the future.
1: Yeah. I mean, most information is open source. You just need that determination or drive to learn it. And like you said, I mean, I had a degree in criminal justice. I graduated. I couldn't find a job. I got into digital marketing. Like five years after that, I went back to get some graduate classes in digital marketing. And it was like I was teaching the professors like right. what a, like technology, <laughs> software I was using, um, different strategies, because I had that on the job experience that I learned with hundreds of clients at that point, And they were just like looking at me because they've been in that education space outside of the real world, not in the trenches and just being pretty much generalist. I always talk about kind of that practitioner versus uh, that generalist approach where you're in the trenches doing it versus you're reading it. So.
2: Totally. It's, it's, it's your street cred, man. I mean, it, and it's interesting to hear it. you, you know, like that you had the same experience that I did. Cause I'm just like, you know, I've got pushed my whole life to go to college. It's going to teach you. And I'm like, oh, that's great. But I I was all the time like outed in college for actually like applying what I learned all the time. If I like applied what I learned and therefore had to miss a class because somebody was like, hey, let me pay you, it, you know, and then, can you come film or do something during that class? I was like, absolutely. I'm not going to go to class. I'm going to use what you taught me to go. And dude, I got all the time. They hated me. You know, there was a semester I got a 0.7 GPA. No joke because I was applying what I learned. So obviously like, I totally, I'm with you, you know, you gotta like just self-educate. The internet has a wealth of information and so much of it is on YouTube, you know?
1: Yep, anything on YouTube, any, I mean, just Google what you wanna learn and you can figure it out. Obviously there's also platforms like Coursera and others in terms of learning, a lot of them even learning free. So you're learning the curriculum of certain majors in college for free obviously you're not getting the degree associated with it but you're learning literally the whole coursework so it's like one of those things where i think in 2020 there's companies that now hire like uh, developers engineers and other roles directly they you don't have have even a bachelor's degree which has been the prerequisite over time even for tech companies like twitter and facebook so now they're seeing the value of actually like applied real world experience.
2: i oh, dude, do totally. Well, and, and I've probably hired what 50 to hundred people in the last two or three years. And I mean, I hate to say this, but like the people that I have hired that they come in the door and they're like, I have an MBA and I have a degree. Like the ones that like brag, like that's their, that's their number one thing. I've been incredibly disappointed with them many, many times. It was like, I'm like, what? what? And then like the people that actually had that real world grind street cred experience, like you were saying are the ones that I'm like, you are a total baller. You're a hustler. You actually know work ethic. Like dude, homework is so different from real work. It's just, it's not even in the same realm, you know? And so I, I totally agree. I think, uh, I think it's, it's been interesting to see just that shift. And there's an importance in these days in order to be exceptional in the world, you have to be exceptionally great at self-learning always every day, whether that's buying books or taking courses or signing up for masterclass or whatever it is. If you want to be exceptional, you can't get a bachelor's, like you can't just get a bachelor's degree. You have to be a master of self-learning. You don't finish when you get your diploma, you know, like it. And if you don't do that while you're in school, then you you might not even get a job. Like you said, I mean, you might not even, you have to be exceptionally great at being at at self-learning, you know?
0: You're not passionate at all about this, are you, Brandon? <laughs> I'm like, I'm
2: digging I'm just,
1: this. this I'm tangent. Tangent. <laughs> sorry. Tangent's it's a tangent. Good, I apologize. <laughs> I dig yeah, it. I mean, I I wholeheartedly agree in that. And I, I really appreciate you guys jumping on today. Can you let the audience know how they can find more about you guys, you know, on social, about your business, how they can find you or contact you?
2: Yeah, there's, there's, there's three main ways. So the first one is... We actually built a course you can get started for free on how to turn your business or your soon-to-be business into a li- like a licensing company full-blown. We teach everything that we have learned and all the mistakes that we've made made it really easy and you know part of that course is we're going to personally work with you so if you go to licensinglifestyle.net all one word then you'll get access to that free course there. So that's one way, it's licensinglifestyle.net. Um, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Hobo Entrepreneurs, is um, where we're releasing content every day, or you can email me directly at Brennan at TolmanMedia.com.
1: Awesome, thanks again for stopping by.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, man. No problem, man, it was fun.